turn in your Bible, if you have your Bible with you, hopefully you do. Yep. We encourage everybody who comes to church to eventually get your own Bible uh, and follow along with us. We have a lot of the scriptures up on PowerPoint, but it's important to know where these things are in your Bible. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Usher will hand you one. Get your electronic device out. Turn to Romans 12, chapter 2. We're going to begin a new... Romans, or, Romans 12, verse 2, yeah, <laughs> chapter 12, verse 2. We're going to begin a new series today. Uh, it's called Winning the War in Your Mind. Winning the War in Your Mind. The importance of renewing our mind with the truth. Amen. And I guess if, you know, if you've been a Christian for very long and you sincerely desire to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus, <laughs> you realize you are experiencing some opposition. And I'm, we're not talking so much about the opposition from people because you will get opposition from people. That's very real also. But we're talking about the opposition. Uh, let's go with the, power, the uh, title slide, if we will, first there. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get opposition in your mind. How many of you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of opposition that comes to us in our mind. So let's just pray before we begin. Father, as we're going to see in your word, it's, it's telling us that we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world mm-hmm. or to be thinking like the world, but be transformed. You said we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church. Give us revelation this morning of the lies that I say we may be believing, I could easily say we are believing, mm-hmm. that bind us and rob us of our joy, rob us of the peace that comes when we trust in you, robs us of healing, robs us of just fulfilling the call and the purpose for our life. Help us, Lord, to abide in the truth. Yes. Because you say if we know the truth and abide in it, it will set us free. And we thank you, Jesus, for helping us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So be so, it. So, so be, be it. it. That's right. <laughs> so, again, how many of you feel like you have a war going on in your mind? I mean, at one moment you have thoughts of faith, then you struggle towards thoughts of fear. Yeah. You know, one day you feel confident. You know, I'm just going to trust God on this issue. I'm letting go. He's got it, and, and it's all going to be okay. And then maybe by evening, <laughs> you're like, your mind is all over the place. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, you, you want to take back control. I know what we're going to do. We got to do this. Yeah, we hatch a plan. If, 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 we got to have a backup plan before God comes. Right? <laughs> You know, one part of you is saying, just let go and surrender. It's going to be all right. You know, the other part is like, again, are you crazy? Do you see what's going to happen if we don't do something today? Anybody? (laughs) Just us. (laughs) Or maybe you like walk in some days, one moment you walk and you feel full of spiritual confidence. You know, I think Mm. this is that God's with you. He's for you. Just like what we were singing. You know, he's not going to leave you. He's called you. Yeah. And I, I know f- for us, like getting up here even to speak, it's like the way I feel sometimes when you do get up to speak. Or maybe the worship team feels that way when you get up in front of people. Because public speaking could be one of the most nerve-wracking things if, <laughs> that, that a person can do. Unless you're eating candy, yeah. 
it's a good distraction, yeah, right. <laughs> but you can come up sometimes and you feel like, no, he's with me, he's for me, and, and we have a good message, and, and the Holy Spirit has shown yeah. us this, and the people are going to get it. And then later on, after the message is over, maybe later Sunday evening, you start feeling like, that was, that was pretty dumb what you said. <laughs> That didn't even come out right. Did I say that right? I don't even know if people got it. Like, I'm telling you, I mean, after talking to pastors and just reading about this over the years, I've heard many pastors say that Sunday evenings and Mondays are their worst days for this uh-huh. very reason. That after you give a message, you, we, you experience the spiritual warfare of it. Yeah. It's like maybe you ought to just do something different because you're not a very good speaker and the people aren't coming to church and that's why they're not coming because you don't, you, it just goes on and on. Like you didn't, have the, you didn't have the right message for the day. And so those thoughts, we just want to tell you, those thoughts are hard to shake off the way your thoughts come on certain other things. But we experience it too. Yeah. And so it's understandable. The warfare happens to all of us. comes in different ways. And then the thoughts that come... They start to bind you up, don't they? Yeah. They just, they hold you back. They start to steal your faith and your confidence. Pretty soon you're talked out of, maybe I should be doing something different with my life or uh, it could talk you out of anything that you're going through. Maybe we should end this marriage. Maybe we should, you know, move and do something different. But it steals your faith. It steals your peace. It steals your confidence. You waver. You fight with yourself. Yeah. And so this is why the battlefield that we deal with in, in life, the greatest battlefield is up here. The battlefield is in our mind, mm-hmm. really, in our mind. So um, most of life's battles, I think this is on our next slide, most of life's battles yeah. are won or lost in your mind. Come on now. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind before you do anything. Right. Right. And so the good news for us this morning, because there is good news. Yes, this, hallelujah. That God's word is powerful. And it's not powerful just to help you, but it's powerful to transform you. There we go. Because we're not just after a little bit of help and a little bit of getting by and, oh, I feel a little bit better today. We're after transformation. Amen. Right? To re- and it will happen as we renew our mind to truth. Look at Romans 12 too. You turn there in your Bible and it's also up on the screen. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Here we go. So, so the, the Phillips paraphrase says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold so you think like the world. But be transformed how? By the renewing, renewing of, of your, your mind. mind. That, why, why is this important? Look at the rest of that verse. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, we all want to walk in the will of God. Yes. We all want to walk in the good will of God. We say, God, I want your will in my life. Well, this is the pathway to get there. We must renew our mind. So we're going after transformation. Mm-hmm. Again, not just getting by, not just tolerating it. Some days better, some days worse. God's word promises us fulfillment, Amen. a transformation of winning the war. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and that, when you think about transformation, transformation by the very word uh, means something is fundamentally changed when you transform something. Come There's on. like a makeover, right? It's transformed. It's changed. Maybe you were a person who was plagued with insecurities 
or certain kinds of fears, and you have this inner self-talk, this inner dialogue, mm. you know, that's just like, you're just not quite right. You never just quite get it right. You're okay, but, you know, they're better. <laughs> Anybody just, have that? Yeah. Oh, man. Nobody over here raised their hand. <laughs> Besides dealing with the pride issue. No, I'm oh, so awesome. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> You're on fire! <laughs> There's all kind of inner self-talk. I am so awesome. You know, like you, I don't know. I've never... That was not my inner self-talk. But, but apparently, I think some people do think that way. <laughs> but most of the time, we're insecure to a certain measure. Yeah. Even though sometimes people put on this bravado... You know, psychology tells you that usually they're hiding feelings of insecurity. Mm. And it's just the outward show that makes them feel like, oh, you're so confident. Mm. But we're always thinking, and the devil always wants us to think, our mind always wants us to think somebody else has it better than you. Come on. Somebody else is doing it better than you. So you're not just as good. It, but when transformation happens, something fundamentally deep inside Hallelujah. changes. There's a genuine freedom from those lies. And I'm not saying that, well, you never think a fear thought again or you never have any feelings of insecurity again. Oh, that's a but good I'm point. just saying there's no longer this yeah. continual nagging war going on in your mind. Isn't that a freedom? <laughs> Isn't that a freedom? Yes. And it comes by renewing our mind. And it isn't just you're going to hear a message today and go, yay! <laughs> It's over. <laughs> it's over. As far as, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to renew your mind over and over and That's, over and over yeah. and over. That's the over and you're talking over about. Again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially about telling yourself the truth. Come on. And we, where do we find the truth? Like who you are in Christ. This yes. is the most important thing we know about ourselves, our identity, especially yes. in the world we live in today, which is telling us, here's how you find your identity, or you decide what your identity is. Jesus has decided, the Lord God has decided your identity, given you a life, meaning, and purpose from the foundation of the world. So when we open this book and we start to read who we are in Christ, yeah. we find who, what our identity is, who we really are. And this is how we prove out the will of God. Yes. Again, so many times people want the will of God for their life, and you're kind of just waiting for it. I'm praying, I want your will, and then we just somehow think we'll wake up the next morning and begin to walk in it. Now, we have opposition, and the opposition's going to stop you up here with all these negative thoughts, and then it's going to be our choice. This is what this series is about, how to win that war. Yes. How to overcome those negative thoughts so that we can walk and prove out the perfect will of God for Hallelujah. our lives. But renewing That's our it. mind is the key to winning the battle. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, well, here, let's consider the Apostle Paul. Uh, everybody knows the Apostle Paul, that uh, before his, he changed his name to Paul, he was Saul. And he persecuted the church and was in agreement to kill the first martyr, Stephen, of the of our our great faith, uh, but uh, let he wrote a third, at least a third of the New Testament. But he also wrote a lot about the mind yes, and he did. its overall influence and its effect. 
because the condition of that, of your mind, of yeah. your mind whether or not, because the condition of your mind is going to determine whether or not you're going to walk in the will of God. It's going to determine whether you're an overcomer in this life. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot to say. Well, we just read it, Romans 12 yeah. too. But he also writes in Romans chapter 8, the mind of the flesh, which is, is death, yeah. and the mind of the spirit, which is life and peace. Yeah. Well, he's like, choose life and peace. That's what we want to do, amen? <laughs> he talks about, in Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about, and this is pretty odd how it writes in the Greek, the original Greek. It says, be being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Like a continuous thing. Because don't you know, it has to be continuous because the opposition yeah. is constantly against yeah. us. You know, so that's what he's telling us. In Philippians, he tells us what to think on and what not to think on. Yeah. So there, he's, again, writing that mind is important. The mind is important. Mm -hmm. yep. He says in Colossians, set your mind on things above. Yeah. He tells Timothy, he tells Timothy, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, of timidity, but he's given us a, one of power, a sound mind and a spirit of love. Yeah. So we have something inside of us already that puts us over. We just need to discover it, really. Yeah. He's tell, he told the church at uh, Corinthians, he says, what did he tell them? He said, because the spirit of Christ is in you, you have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So what we're going to do is learn how to tap into the mind of Christ because I sure need it. <laughs> Paul understood he really understood uh, the importance of renewing the mind Paul's early days do you think that after he got saved that all of a sudden his mind was perfectly clear and he didn't have any opposition or what he had to do or anything you think the devil just left him alone No. oh my gosh just think of the guilt trip that was laid on him the constant bombardment of his thought you remember Stephen? You saw that bloody mess. You saw his head caved in. He says that he went and he was forcing, which means torturing, Christians to deny the faith. He was a, a, a brilliant man, to tell you the truth. He was, he was an expert in the Old Testament law. He had, uh, he, he had it just in this incredible mind but don't you think that the devil would set on him and just remind him of all the hassle, all the trouble, all the pain that he caused the early church? I mean, he was a Pharisee. He, again, he knew the Old Testament in and out. He, he says that he was advancing above his peers. Yeah, so he had a lot of public praise from all that, too. Because the guy yeah. was a scholar. Yeah. The guy was a, like a genius of a guy. But then, you know, after he renewed his mind, do you know what he said? He says, all these things, I think they're dung. Just so that, you know, in comparison to the intimate friendship I have with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes to a place where he's in the Philippian jail. He's in prison. The guy's in prison all the time. You know, we have a... Yeah. a, a <laughs> A guy who thought, well, if you're a Christian, you've been in prison. 
He's from Pakistan. And he just figured everybody who was a Christian was in prison. <laughs> I mean, for their faith. I mean, that's yeah. why he was in yeah. prison. And he comes over here and says, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> How come everybody's walking free? <laughs> but here's the key. He's in prison. And because his mind had been renewed, he says that he's learned how to be content with a little He's learned how to be content with a lot. You know what, guys? That just didn't happen. It's like Pastor Mamie says, oh, we heard a message. I'm done. (laughs) No, as soon as you get out of this building, you're going to be thinking, oh, yay, there's the wrong thought. (laughs) And in Romans 7, you know, uh, you'd almost think that Paul's crazy. Because he says this in Romans chapter 7. He says, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. Anybody relate to that? (laughs) And those things I don't want to do, I end up doing. It doesn't seem like I can do it, but I I want to do it. And, you know, (laughs) he's wrestling in his mind. And this is what we have to do. Understand, this this is an amazing man. But he has the same battlefield that you and I do. So it's... Here's what he did. He learned how to wage war. This is spiritual war. He learned how to wage war by renewing his mind. Against the lies. And understanding his true identity. Mm -hmm. And he talks about capturing every thought. And making those thoughts become obedient to Christ. Do you know that Jesus is the word of God? Mm-hmm. And so when he says, I'm capturing these words and making them obedient to Christ means I'm finding out whether that's a true thought or not. Yeah. And then, oh, I see. No, that's a bad thought. <laughs> We're not working that. Yeah. We're not working that. Yeah. Paul was able to win the war in his mind. It doesn't yeah. mean that it didn't keep going on. But he gained ascendancy over understanding where those thoughts come from. Where's the source of that thought? Where's the source of that thought? So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. See, because in this, this this is Paul writing to the church. And thank God that we get this written in our behalf too. Because this is the battle plan. This is your battle plan. This is my battle plan. This is the battle plan for all Christians. And we're going to start in verse 3. Are we there? Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. (coughs) Excuse me. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, our weapons, have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's awesome. That word, that Greek word for power, have, it has, our weapons have divine power. Mm-hmm. That Greek word is the word dunamis which means explosive. We, we get our English word dynamite from it, dunamis. So it's 
the miraculous, explosive yeah. power of God. Hallelujah. So let's just, you know, when you read that verse, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine, explosive, miraculous power to do what? To demolish there. strongholds. To demolish strongholds. So what is a stronghold? A, a mental stronghold is like, it's a, a, a belief system in the mind that's fortified with lies. There you go. That goes against the knowledge of the truth. So when we're relating what Paul, because Paul's using a military term that was used in that day to describe a physical stronghold that cities would build to, to thwart an attack from the enemy. It was huge, it was high, it was wide, it was deep, it went into the ground, and it was made out of stone. And so a, a, a stronghold, though, a mental stronghold, then is a belief system in the mind that's fortified with lies. So it becomes this wall that has a lot of lies in it. Yeah. And it, it's, so the lies all make up a type of belief system because sometimes I think I used to look at it like I cast down that one lie there and there and, and you do. It's just that the Lord began to show me this is all part of a belief system that right. you believe about yourself. And so there are many ways that these lies can speak to you if it's talking about you, your value, your purpose. So a stronghold has been, is, gets built up, this fortified place in our mind, you know, by believing the lies of the enemy. And he starts at a really young age. Amen, don't we know it. To try and shape your thinking. He, he starts at a young age, and it is really one lie at a time, one little thing here, one little thing here, until you're just the prisoner of deception oh. in certain ways that you see yourself or you yeah. see other people, you see your future. What does the devil tell you? What, is, what kind of lies? Well, it could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can't trust people, depending on what happens to you. Well, now you know you can't trust people. Well, you certainly can't trust God depending on what happens in your life. And now, like, you're in charge of your destiny. You do you. You don't have to listen to anybody. Yeah. Or you're never going to succeed. Don't you see how much smarter they are? You're never going to succeed. And you're always going to be broke. You've all, your family's been broke. You're going to live broke, too. And your marriage is never going to work out. Look at all the marriages that have ended in divorce in your family. Yours is going to end that way, too. I mean, these are whispers you're never, right. never going to be healed if you're searching for healing, emotional healing, physical healing, or if you're praying, well, God's not going to really hear your prayers. People give up for that reason because some things take time, but then the, the alternative thought is he's not going to answer anyways right? because <laughs> he doesn't care about you, and your life isn't really going to make that much difference, so why bother? Just go this far. Mediocre is okay. Ooh. You're never going to amount to much of anything because of what you did, because of where you grew up. Any I mean, of these ring a bell? Come I on. I mean, so much of this is subtle. Like, you don't necessarily hear it. But now when I say it, you could go, oh, I kind of, yeah, 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 yeah mm -hmm. I've thought that. Yeah, I've thought that. We don't realize how much we've accepted those thoughts. Golly, that's so true. We've accepted them as true, Right. And all of it is just slowly building up. See, like all the lies, another lie, another lie, and it's building this, it has built a stronghold in your mind, in your thinking, in your belief system. Uh -huh. 
that you see how you see yourself, it tells you how you see other people, how you even see the world. And we think it over and over again. Come. And it causes, when we do that, then your emotions get attached to it. Your mood get attached to it. And then yeah. your talking gets attached to it, right? <laughs> and then your reactions get attached to it. Yeah. And then your choices <laughs> get attached to it. And I mean, it's all rooted down inside of what you, what you believe. Yeah. And sometimes it's been reinforced, you know, unknowingly. Right. And even, you know, like unintentionally sometimes, but by parents, things teachers, that get said. Right. They're teachers, what teachers sure. have said. Social media. Yikes. Oh, is playing a huge part in this now. It's bombarding people's minds. I mean, you just can't go on Facebook or wherever you go, Instagram or whatever, making people feel insecure. Right. Everything is compared their life is so awesome. Do you know like, how, how much time it takes sometimes for people to post a picture so that it looks perfect? <laughs> this is my you know, perfect life. It's like, it's not perfect. Masquerading. Yeah. And it just all makes people feel insecure. Well, why? They look at how many likes they got on their post. I posted something. I only got three <laughs> likes. You know, they got 17 in one minute. And we watch, people watch these things. They do. Youth, children. I mean, I know I'm not really a Facebook or Instagram person, but if you are, and you see the young people are, they're checking this out. They're checking this out. Why don't mo more people like your post? Why aren't they looking at this mm. stuff? Look how great your, their life is. You don't fit in. You're weird. Change to be like them. Where are people finding their identity? It's all planting lies. Come on. You know, Come on. and now the blatant lies about sexuality all over. It's, the whole objective is to groom minds. It, it, they're grooming minds because the worst is happening to the, to the young children who are on the internet and teenagers getting groomed to accept all of this in their mind as normal. And but it's, it's a perverted. plan from the devil. And it's a perverted way of thinking and it's resulting then in behavior. It's resulting yep. in joining peer groups in ungodly lifestyles. Where did it all begin? Up here, what I watched, what I listened to, yep. and what I thought about. Did I reject the thought or did I accept it and go, yeah, that's good, because that's all really the devil needs. When you think on those lies and you don't reject the truth, or you don't reject, you don't reject the lie and even know what the truth is, because you have to know the truth. <laughs> You have to know how to re what to replace it with. If I'm rejecting something, Come on. I need to fill my mind back up with something, with truth. If I don't, it's just reinforcing the stronghold that's there. And it keeps you then from experiencing the will of God, the good and perfect. Like, yes. think about that scripture. If you renew our mind, you'll be transformed and you'll prove it out. Yes. As, we get, as our mind is renewed, it'll, it'll slowly prove out the good Amen. and perfect will of God for your life. For sure. So this is so important. The Lord wants us to walk in the freedom and peace that his word will give us. But we have, we have work to do. We have to put the effort in. Yeah, we have to put the effort in. So how do we do the battle? It goes right back to verse 5 in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Scripture tells us, once again, this isn't just for a few. This is for every single person. It says, we demolish arguments 
in every pretension. Do you know what that means? It means a claim. This is up on PowerPoint. We, yeah, we a claim or an assertion. You know, the devil will come and claim something about you and your identity. He'll make an assertion about this is who you are. This is who you want to be. So this says we are demolishing arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Yes. Are we there? Yeah. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And again, to make it obedient to Christ is making it obedient to the word of God. In the beginning was the, the word. And the word was, yes, it's talking about Jesus. So if we want to know the truth, we have to know what the truth is. Because how are we going to cast down an imagination that we don't know whether or not it's true? Yeah. We don't know what to cast down. We don't know what to demolish. The world is telling us one thing, and it starts from a very young age. You got to, parents, grandparents, you got to watch what your kids, your grandkids are watching. You, you have to explain. If you're sitting down with a movie and there's something that's in there that's wrong, you need to put it on pause and say, this is why this is incorrect. Teaching. Yeah. A very important teaching moment. Yeah. Other than that, you just get one put in. Okay, how many of you make it a stronghold? One block at a time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we're casting down, what is this? Every thought. We, we're taking captive every thought. <laughs> we want to win the war in our mind, don't we? Yeah. And we need to pay attention to what we think. We have to pay attention to what we think. Yeah. And really, you got to ask yourself, what am I thinking? <laughs> Because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. Yeah. This is really important for us to understand. And it, you know, I have a list of things here. A lot of our problems are actually related to wrong thought processes. Often our, our, often our relational difficulties, stress disorders, high blood pressure... Migraine, stomach problems, anxiety attacks, phobias, addictions, eating disorders, emotional rage, anger, is all because you're thinking wrong. I mean, somebody's drive, I just read this thing, somebody drive to a fast food restaurant and the order was wrong and they shot the person. What? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a result of toxic thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It is going to get worse, but it's going to get better for those who do the word. Amen. Not just a hearer only, but a doer of the word. Right. And yeah. you know what? You're going to get, at times when you do this, if you're going to jump in to do this, you're going to get tired. Because this is a war you're in. Mm -hmm. But greater is he who's in you than he is in the world. Amen. Out of the uh, King James Version, Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as a man thinks, so is he. If a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, science, neuroscience is just now catching up with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this next slide. 
The life we have is often a reflection of the thoughts that we think. You think that you're, you don't measure up. You think that I can't ever do anything right. And look at your life. Because the Bible declares faith is you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. So is your faith going in the opposite way of what God is saying? This way we have to renew our mind. This is why the reason the church is in such a mess, not just our church, but I'm talking about the church in general all over the world, is because we didn't ever put the word into practice. Look at this next slide. What we think determines who we become. Yeah. If I, I start saying who I am in Christ, you're going to rise up to that. Yeah. You will. Something that we tend to think, like you said, I'll never be able to do something. If you say that enough, guess what? You're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. But if you come back to the place and say, you know, by the grace of God, he's, you know, I'm going to make this. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to, make, I'm going to make progress here. I'm going to make progress here. And you eventually make some progress. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's true. I can't. Well, you probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you just think it. If you just hang on to your problems and you just renumerate in your mind the problem, the problem, the problem, 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 well, your problems are going to overtake you. But if you go into the place and say, you know what, I'm going to look for solutions. I'm going to look for solutions. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to trust God's grace to help me with yeah. solutions. Yeah. I'm going to believe that I have the faith to do this. And guess what? You're going to find solutions yeah. because of the grace of God and your faith is going to rise. That's right. If you say, you, you come back and you feel like a victim, you start talking like you are a victim, guess what? You're going to be a victim. Yeah, yeah. But if you say who you are in Christ, that he's made me an overcomer, greater is he who's in this world than greater is in who's greater is he who's who can say this one? That's right. There you go. Yeah, Jesus needs to touch my tongue. <laughs> he needs a piece of candy, he said, yeah. Yeah. Norm. <laughs> Anybody have it? (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate, please. (laughs) So the life that we have then, like we've been saying, is often a reflection of the thoughts we think. Yeah. Your spiritual health. Yes. Your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health even is tied to the thoughts that we think. I mean, science, medical science knows, we'll say this. So we found this simple thought audit, a little scale we put up on the screen there, just to help you take a moment to sort of stop and think how you think. (laughs) Where would you fall on this scale? Like, are you, I'm going to ask you some questions, like, are you more characterized? You go towards that worry negative side or even just worldly thinking versus more peaceful you know, thinking the thoughts of God and more positive, that God's going to help me and, mm-hmm. you know, eternally minded. So let's just say um, when you get up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, does your mind, where's your mind go? Does it drift towards 
fear or negativity, like, oh, what could go wrong? I have this thought on my mind. I still don't have a solution yet. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health. I'm mm, mm. worried about my money, my job, the economy. The world is crazy, and, <laughs> you know, it's heading in some wacky direction. Where are we going? Like, just uneasy. Do you find your mind more characterized by worry thoughts? Or is your mind more characterized towards the peaceful side? Mm -hmm. Like even if things are bad, even if things are complicated in your situation, do you find yourself able to cast your care upon the Lord? There you go. Trusting him. Like that he's going to help, help you make it through. You don't maybe know how, but you lean towards knowing his presence is with me. Yes. His goodness, his spirit is in you. Hallelujah. It's like we're singing the blessing song. Like you're humming it to yourself. He is with me. He is for me. <laughs> you know, he's all around me. Yes. He's helping me today. So even when things aren't going the way you want, <laughs> right. there's, there's this peace that passes all understanding or human ability. Is that more characteristic of the way you live, would you say, like if you're auditing your thoughts, what would you say? Are you characterized more by worry or more by peaceful thoughts? And then uh, the second category, negative or positive, like do your thoughts drift towards mm. more of the negative or toward the positive? Like do you wake up in the morning? I mean, yeah, there you often go. the morning yeah. is yeah. like... <laughs> Do you find yourself just quickly going to the negative, just critical of whatever might happen? Like you, you get your coffee and something spills and you're like, ah, it's just negative. You're mad at, the, <laughs> you're mad at your spouse. You're mad at the whoever's in the house for whatever reason. You're assuming the negative, the worst, instead of believing the best. Amen. Yeah, come on. Do you like look ahead at your day and go, no, oh, this is going to be just so hard. I don't want to do this. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm always so busy. Like, there's just not enough time for me to do everything. And oh, I feel tired already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Tuesday. It's going to be really bad. Everything on Tuesday is just. <laughs> if something can go wrong, you know, Murphy's Law always no. works for me. That's and why you need to come to prayer on Tuesday. Just you wake up, it's like, oh, you, if, if the first thing you do is turn on the news, well. Oh, don't do that. That's your own fault, you know. <laughs> I, we can't help you there because the world is a ball of confusion and it's just like going to turn your head into a ball of confusion too. Or do you wake up with some positive thinking? Yeah. Remind yourself to start the day with gratitude. Like you woke up, you got up, you have breath in your lungs, <laughs> Right? And even if things are difficult, yeah, like the, mind, the thought, you, you, you look at your situation, maybe nothing's changed, but then the other thought comes, but Lord, you're with me. And I can do all things through Christ yes. who strengthens me. Come on. And you're gonna, I, you help me. Your promise is that you'll never leave me or forsake me. And so your power is with me and you'll help me overcome. Today's going to be a good day just Amen. because you love me. That's enough to make it a good day. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. I mean, things might be difficult in the world, but you're like, you know what? You're working out all things for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. You'll put some, you will redeem this somehow, yes, Lord. Amen. I'm putting it in your hands. So how would you typify your own thoughts? 
an outlook on life? Like, do you live with the glass of your life half empty all the time? Is it going down? <laughs> or is it half full? It's, it's, it's rising up. Come on, Half yeah. empty or half full? I, we, <laughs> we've heard this story, and I really, really like this story because it really puts it... This dad had two sons. One, one was just a negative boy, and the other one was off, just off the charts positive. Optimist I mean, they were both optimists yeah. and pessimists, and they were like extreme. Both of them were just extreme. So the dad was going to try to figure out how is he going to try to help balance their thinking out. So he takes the pessimist, and he fills a room full of the, the kids' favorite toys, just all brand new, all ready to package. He walks him up, opens the door. Here you go. He steps in the room with his boy, and the boy starts to cry. He's like, I thought this would make you happy. Yeah, what, what's the matter? I know if I play, start to play with this, I'll break something. So he takes his other boy, little, little positive boy. He brings him, and he opens the door, and it's piled high with horse manure. And the boy just shouts for glee. And he runs in there. Dad's like, gets, what are you so happy gets about? Gets up on top of the pile, bare hands digging through that. And he says, what are you doing? He says, with all this horse manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> a positive, optimistic outlook, right? Yeah. I mean, that was, that's, when I heard that, I thought, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at this third category. Worldly or Eternal. What do you think about? Most of the time, are you thinking about something that's temporal? Something of this world? Is that it? Or do you, your thoughts tend to drift towards the eternal? Yeah, what lasts forever? That's it. Long. You know, your thoughts uh, will be more worldly if you're thinking about what do you wear? What do you look like? Uh, who liked my post? <laughs> you're saying, how many followers do I have? It's like everybody, what does people think about me? You know, that's, that's, that's running down to the worldly side there. Or do they drift more to the eternal? That you recognize that God has given you a life to steward. And he's given you spiritual gifts to be used. And that by using your spiritual gifts, you're actually blessing the people around you. because the idea behind all this is that when everything else burns up your life will have eternal value and reward because things are going to burn up we know that so what do you say what 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 characterizes your thoughts mostly worldly or eternal See, we've, we've got to discover how we think first before we can change it. Yeah. We can't pretend, oh, I'm, I'm on this side. I guess it would be on this side for you guys. <laughs> Is it this side that don't have any problems or, or was it this side? <laughs> if it's this side, well, then I better get over here. 
I mean, this is, this is important for us. You know, this goes back to the idea that Jesus says that you need to judge yourself. If we judge ourselves properly, then we can change. We really can. You know, it's important. Because no matter what you have, who you know, where you live or where you travel, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Yeah. You see how this all goes together. So the, the question we want to ask you this morning, just ask yourself this morning, is your life moving in the direction um, of your, if it's moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you excited about the directions your thoughts are taking you? Mm-hmm. you know, I asked myself that question years ago when we began to get a hold of the truth in God's word. And, you know, when our children were young and we were both working full time, we weren't in ministry at that time. And it just, life just felt like, it was like, we're just, I'm a hamster on a wheel. I'm just going, 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 going. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't even know if I like where I'm going and mm-hmm. what's happening. And, and, and if my thoughts were directing my life, you know, and I look specifically at them, I didn't, now when I look back, I, I didn't like where it was going. Right. Sometimes you just feel like, your life is thrust upon you and you just have to take what's dealt to you. That's a lie. Yes. You know, our destiny is written through Christ and what he says about us. And so we, we can, as we conform ourselves to his image, begin to live it out. You know, or your destiny isn't just handed to you like a deck of cards. Here's, this is what you get. Yeah. But right. there was this subtle growing pessimism. When I look back on it, I thought, I never thought I was a pessimistic person, but... In reality, as we began to look at the way, or I would share with him, I had a lot of what ifs in the scenarios of my future. What if this happens and what if that happens? And usually it wasn't anything like what if God shows up and something awesome happens. It was, (laughs) it went to the negative, the what ifs. And then the fear thoughts came. And at the time we weren't in the word of God. You didn't know what to do with them. You just try to shove them away. And you get hurried through life and you keep the stuff that you have to do in everyday life in front of you and it distracts you for a while. Yeah. But when the Lord had me pause long enough, he was like, he showed me the stronghold in my mind. And it was like, I just felt like I was in this mixing bowl of self-doubt and didn't know where to look until he started. He, we, we joined a Bible-believing church. It was, the, yes. it, was the, it was the beginning of a revolutionary journey that we're still on today. It was like, Come on. oh my goodness, this tells me how to think differently. And if I keep accepting these thoughts and keep accepting these thoughts, it was like, Lord, praying, praying and asking him sincerely, you know, God, I need your help. In my mind, my mind needs your help. <laughs> and he began, like I said, he'll direct your steps. He'll show you, but you do have to make the effort. You yes. have to be a doer of whatever it is he's showing you today. And I, I can honestly say so much of all of that, that lo- the past life, the past fears, doubts, insecurities, that... I can speak for myself, and I think you would say the same thing. God's transformed yes, absolutely. our lives. I would never be standing up in front of you today speaking if it weren't for that. Yep. I mean, so the, the good news is that there's freedom to be had. There is freedom to be had. We can win the war in our That's mind. That's right. You can win the war in your mind and change your thinking. 
So, so as we, we're not ready to close the message yet, but let's get into this. What's the biggest mental stronghold then that's holding you back? I want you to stop and think about that. What's the biggest mental stronghold that's holding you back? Something that you think about over and over again. Yeah. Again, we've, we've said a few of these things along the way. I'm just not good enough, or my past is too bad for me, you know, for God to use me. Or right. I just can't trust the people around me too much, and I'm always going to deal with my weight. You know, it's always going to be a problem. I'm just never good with money. I can't ever be close to God. Mm-hmm. I know you seem close to God, but I, I'll probably never get there. We, we tell ourselves these things. Come on now. You know, all my relationships just are going to break down and people are going to, people, if you've been betrayed once, then you tend to think, well, hold everybody at a distance now. You know, and the interesting thing is in neuroscience, like they've, they've discovered that these continual negative thoughts are actually releasing neurotransmitters in your brain. That our thoughts are actually, our thoughts create a kind of chemical reaction in right. our brain. And if you think the thought over and over and over again, it becomes like this default pattern. It's just like something, because if it's fear or how, whatever the emotion is that's coming with it, doubt, the mood goes down. There's actually a, a chemical transmitter that gets yes. released, and the more it gets released, it becomes like this quick, quick train of thought. Have you ever noticed, like sometimes it's like my mind just goes there. Before I know it, I'm thinking negative. Before I know it, I, I have all the reasons why I can't. So your mind will easily run in a, in a direction because you've easily, you, you've knowing, or un, I should say unknowingly trained yourself. Yes, that's it right there. By thinking that way over and over again. And your life can get in a rut. <laughs> because, and you can feel like you're in a rut. Yes. But it's because often your mind is in a rut. That we've been training our mind and, and these chemical reactions just go there. It, and we've got to retrain it to go the other direction. It's, it's like if I would, or you, went out in your front yard and you walked for 100 days on the same path through your yard. Yeah, what 100 you days in a row. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you would create a rut. Yeah. And then you would be able to walk that path without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what we've done. This is this is exactly how we do it. A hundred days straight of believing a lie, talk, telling yourself a lie. You've now just made that path in your mind, in your brain, so easy that no matter what happens, you think this way at all. Yeah. But what God is asking us to do is we're going to tear down that stronghold. We're going to replace it with truth. (laughs) And we're going to create a new pathway. And our neuro brain (laughs) is going to go there and stay there. And we're going to walk this way. And we're going to fight the war in our mind by tearing down those false statements, those lies that come against yeah. us, those, those things that we don't, we don't measure up. Again, I'll never be close to God. Those kind of things, we're going to create a new pathway. Amen? Amen. And it, does, and it happens because we have renewed our mind to the Word of God. Yeah. 
Now, remember what it says in 2 Corinthians 5? Old things pass away. All things come new and all things are of God. All things are of God. Now, when you were born again, guess what? That old man died. Yeah. This is a reality. Yeah. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. But he tells us we must renew our mind to live the life that our kingdom is calling us. Yeah. It, we have to be a doer yeah. of the word. Yeah. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. That little thought audit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about it. You got to understand, what are you thinking? In the heat of the battle, you got to say, what was that thought? What did I just think? That's not right. And we jump the track. We make a new path. We find out what the word of God says. And we say, no, this is my new way. In fact, there are over a hundred scriptures in the New Testament that that talk about being in him, mm-hmm. who I am in him. We have to just, you, this is why it's so important. You open up the Bible and you start reading, especially in the epistles. Yes. You'll find it. If you know, you'll go through and start underlining in him, in Christ. And you begin to see who you really are. This is what's important. We must see a new identity. We must go towards that identity. This is how we go towards the new, make the new path in our mind. come on. So that our mind actually wants to go there. We start to reject, like that's an old thought. I don't even like that thought. I don't even believe that thought anymore. Amen. But this takes effort. It takes effort. But we have to remember that the Bible says that we have supernatural, divine power in the word of God. To demolish a stronghold. Amen. It's miraculous power to demolish the stronghold. So every time you begin to think on the thoughts of God, you're, you're, you're putting dynamite in that stronghold, right? <laughs> it's like another piece of dynamite, another piece of dynamite. You keep doing it, that thing's going to come down. Come on. It will come down. <laughs> and so, Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you so much that your word tells us who we really are. We are not victims. Right. We are not accidents. Right. No, your word tells me that we're an overcomer. We're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. That you chose us. You chose us. I'm who you say I am. I'm not going to believe the lies of the world. Jesus, we're, we're getting off the old path. Make a determination. I pray that we make a determination today to get off that old path. Yeah. To ask the Lord, show me the lies that I've been believing. And then help me, Lord, by the power of your word to begin to cast, the, cast it down and renew it with your word. Yes. Replace those old thoughts with who you've said and called me to be. Father, forgive us. Yes. Forgive us for the lies that we've believed. Open our eyes to truth. Open our eyes to gaze at you and who you've called us to be in Christ. Did you want to do another? If you're here today and and maybe you've never actually given your life to Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you can't fight this battle because it takes God's supernatural power to overcome it. 
You might be able to have willpower, but the willpower will only go so far. God's power will take you to eternity. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, old things pass away, all things become new, and all things are of God. That's if you surrender your life to Jesus. Is there, Is there anyone in here today that would give their life to Christ? Praise God. Father, I'm asking you to anoint us. I'm asking you to quicken our minds so that we can capture thoughts, that we can actually discover what we're thinking. And we want to apply the truth to demolish those strongholds. We love you, Jesus. Thank yes. you for the battle plan. <laughs> yes. We'll play the, the blessing from number six over you this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Steve.